Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a, a Breaking Bad recap episode. We are in to something quite juicy today. The season finale of season three, Full Measure. One of the most iconic episodes you could probably say of this show. It first aired on the 13th of June, 2010, directed by Vince Gilligan, written by Vince Gilligan. You may have heard of him. And wow, we've got a little bit to unpack in this episode. Let's just say that. My name is Ben and Do you want to keep going or are you, are you good? <laughs> I'm not quite sure how I follow that up, to be honest. My name's Nick. And um, don't make me beat you till your legs stop working. <laughs> Perfect response to that introduction. <laughs> I, I wanted to actually learn the words, um, but uh, I, I wasn't that um, you know sold on the act. I think kind of I had to get to a certain point there. But um, wow, I mean, we talked about last week about the ending to last week's episode. Uh, then we kind of get in now from half measures to full measure. Um, I mean, to this point, probably by far the, the best finale. Um, I mean, I know season two finale was pretty decent, but this one's pretty decent in itself. A um, lot happens uh, and ends on a pretty goddamn amazing cliffhanger. So, uh, yeah, this is this is an amazing episode of Breaking Bad, amazing episode of television in general as well. Yeah, I mean, it really does feel like a bit of a turning point that it's kind of like, feeling the show maturing now and it can pull off a massive episode like this and you kind of don't even really think anything of it, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great episode and I think, it, um, you know, after last week, to be able to back it up with something that's that's this good, I think, is is really, really good. And, you know, I think, to be fair, in the last few weeks, I think we've had a little bit of frustration with, you know, maybe the, the speed of some of these episodes and, and now I think it's nice to be able to talk about it an episode that just kind of, you know, it just goes hell for really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot, I think, this season in general, right? Like, it's kind of, there's, and it's going to be interesting to talk about it next week, about how kind of, like, the, the highs of this season are so high, but the lows of this season are so low. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's it's going to be unique when it comes to the rankings. But, I mean, yeah, this episode, um, you know, I, I, I've basically watched this episode three times in the lead up to this. I mean, not to kind of break the illusion of how we record these episodes, but we had a bit of a gap between when we recorded the last episode and this episode. So I sort of rewatched it literally just before we recorded this today. And prior to that, I'd watched this sort of twice already. So, uh, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't slow this episode kind of just, um, it goes really quick and you kind of, you don't realize that it's basically over until, you know, you're like, wow, okay. That episode flows really quickly. And it's, it's obviously, I've got a pretty big moment at the end and we've got some other great stuff in this episode, but it's not even that, you know, we've got giant moments happening all the time. It's kind of just a lot of dialogue, a lot of, you know, tension and everything that kind of happens. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think one thing that's really good about this episode is that um, it kind of, it, it Get, it keeps to the main character so there isn't any kind of subplots here and i think when you think back to like 
episode, sorry, season one and the, the finale of season one. And one of the things that I got really frustrated with was that we had this whole kind of subplot in a finale, which was about Marie stealing that tiara or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> I can't even remember now. But And, and um, I just, I remember at the time thinking, I, I don't mind investigating this particular subplot, but not in a finale. Like we need to cut back to the important stuff. And this one really is just about the one storyline, really. Like there was a couple of little kind of side you know side plots going on here but you know there's no Skylar there's no Walter Jr um I don't think there's a Hank and you know like I think it's it's pretty much just down to your your kind of key characters in this episode and I I think that's a very wise decision and even Skylar is a flashback at the beginning that correct is yeah, yeah, like yes, yeah, that, yeah that's it um and yeah no I think you're right like that's a very good point that it's, it's just all about the plot so you kind of even Jesse not really in this episode um, no, no. What two scenes? I mean, three scenes really. At yeah. the end, obviously, is kind of important. But um, yeah. But uh, anyway, we'll get into it. Obviously, we just sort of alluded to then the the opening is a uh, is a teaser. It's kind of like a little. Uh, it's a flashback. Uh, Sixteen years. I'm reading here that this is set before, and we see uh, Walt with hair again. There he is, looking all young. Brian Cranston. Like again, props to the the makeup department here. They actually do a very good job in making both of these look young. I mean, Skylar doesn't really need to be made to look younger. I think she still looks amazing. But Walt, you know, shove some hair on him. Uh, put, put you know, lessen the wrinkles. <laughs> like it's they do a very very good job here, and basically it's them buying their house and um i do kind of like the the banter that walt has with the real estate agent this guy's like talking about giant space lasers and he's like oh i'll bring that up at the next meeting um and then I, I love it kind of when he leaves to go out to his car i love scott it's like he's nice not too pushy like that to me is like a genuine conversation like i've had that conversation looking at places with people where you comment on the real estate agent like oh they're not too bad because let's be honest no offense to our real estate agents listening can be a bit of a pain in the ass um but uh, essentially, Skylar's going on about how this is the best we can afford. This is a good neighborhood. You know, this is what we're going to do. And Walt's essentially saying, no, like, you know, I want five bedrooms. We're going to have three kids. We need a, a study. You're going to have to do your writing. Like, why do we need to buy a starter house when, you know, we can don't want to sell it in a couple of years? So it's kind of, I guess, like Walt always almost like dreaming, right? Bigger things. He wants kind of, you know, he's always looking ahead and even though kind of going against what, you know, he may be able to achieve and everything along those lines. And this is, um, if you ever do watch that fan-made Breaking Bad movie that, um, you know, they basically condense the entire series into a two-hour fan edit, this is how it opens. They kind of open with this and they kind of sort of have the narration sort of of um you know hearing this conversation between the pair of them and sort of intersect it with is it the beginning of season five when you see Walt walking through his house with all the graffiti and kind of like it's been abandoned and all that sort of stuff so yeah this kind of always reminds me just of the fan edit movie but um I like this I kind of just like this sort of look back I always like a good flashback when it's used appropriately uh, I should mention Skylar's pregnant here obviously with Walt Jr as well so yeah, I just kind of I kind of like this sort of notion that everything's fresh. They're they're probably not that long married. She's pregnant. They're about to buy their house. Like we've all been here in life. Like everything's ahead of you at this point right now. And clearly, we're about to see certain things happen in this episode, which are not going to be the case for poor old Walt. Yeah, and I think what's really important is that it's kind of showing Walt in his prime, right? Like he's he's got this job at this great laboratory whatever it is and you know he's got these massive plans for you know having three kids and a study and like this house is not good enough for him um and you know, i think it's just really interesting that you know we get to kind of see walt you know in, in the, the prime of his life and um i think that's really important the other thing i like about this is it, it kind of just reminds you especially the opening shot there of kind of the empty house you know panning around the house um which we're going to kind of flash you know like flash forward to um later on but it kind of just reminds you that this house is such a character in and of itself you know you kind of almost forget that the house you know because it's this, this isn't a show where you think it's not like friends where you think like there's specific places that are so important to the show or whatever it might be you know but i do think this house is just so important to the show but in a way that's maybe not as explicit, I suppose. And so it's really interesting to see that. I love this kind of like, I guess it's like early 90s look that we've got going on here mm. between Skylar's hair and and even kind of like the carpeting in the house. And, you know, like it all just feels very, um, very um, time appropriate. Like they've, they've got that kind of right. Um, so, yeah, I, I love it. And I'm, I'm like you, I love a good a good flashback, a good kind of filling in some blanks in, in the background of people's kind of characters. So, yeah, I, I love this. I think it's, it's a really great one. Way to kind of open this up. I was going to mention Friends, 
Um, just because, you know, <laughs> subtle hint every episode about Nick. We're going to do the recap. We're going to do it. Um, <laughs> and can I just say, uh, in between our last episodes, I finally watched The Reunion. Pretty good. I liked no, it. No, right. I, st- I still haven't got there. It's, I mean, look, it's 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 pretty interesting. If you want to see Justin Bieber dressed up as Sputnik from Friends, watch the Friends reunion. Um, like it's, if you ever want to see Lady Gaga sing Smelly Cat with Phoebe, watch the reunion. Um, so you're not, you're not selling you it to me. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I was thinking like that's not selling it to you. Um, but actually, no, it, it legitimately was actually a lot better than I was thinking of. And there's not as much James Corden as you probably think there is. So that's maybe a selling point for you. Oh, well, that uh, is good. There. Anyway, uh, Friends Reunion recap coming soon to the Oz Network, maybe. Um, I love this sequence now where you've got sort of the confrontation between Walt and um, Fring sort of in the middle of the, the, the desert or kind of, you know, this field. Um, I love sort of this sort of the lead up to it, the way Walt's just in his car waiting, kind of the the, the the score. And then I love when sort of Mike rings in, he's like, you know, walk towards us. And it's like, oh, how do I, I need some assurances that you're not going to kill me. It's like, trust me, Walter, I could kill you from here if you want. Like, kind of just like, Mike, Mike, can we just point out, Mike is such a badass in this episode. Like, holy crap. Like, if I know we love having Better Call Soul and having a soul spin. If we ever wanted a Mike spinoff, this is the backdoor pilot. Like, Mike is amazing. This is probably Mike's best episode. Um, but I just kind of love this standoff between Walt and Fring. And, you know, what does Fring say? Like, explain yourself. Um, like, oh, so, like, chilling. And then, you know, Walt basically trying to say, like, hey, like, you know, Jesse was upset. Kid got killed, essentially. He took it into his hands and Fring's, you know, I would have handled this. Should have let me handle it. Uh, and then Walt all but accuses Fring of killing the kid. Uh, and what is what is the way Fring says, like, are you saying I would kill a child? Like, oh, I mean, remember, just bookmark this scene for next year, uh, next season, basically. But, um, and I love kind of like Walt's basically like ultimatum here when he's essentially, you know, like, hey, like, I see two options here. One, you can kill me, or two, let's just keep going on and this is a little blip in our uh our relationship. I prefer option two. <laughs> and also explains that Jesse's long gone. He's crossed a couple of time zones probably. And uh, that Fring is going to get a new assistant for him. I, I do love the fact that we should mention that um, obviously Walt's windscreen is broken yet again. Is that three times this season now? Um, so there's a bit of a tropes up there with the breakfast. I like Mike's little back and forth. There is like, get the car fixed. <laughs> you know, go and do that. I just want to say one thing though. Like I think I've alluded to before that Fring sometimes maybe not the ultimate villain of this show, Walter White the ultimate villain of this show. Um, I'm kind of on Team Fring here. <laughs> like, I understand that Walt's kind of, you know, saving his butt and kind of doing what he did to protect Jesse and all that sort of stuff. Understand that. But looking at it from Fring's perspective, he's a businessman, maybe doing illegal activities. But, again, he's kind of got a right to be pissed off here at Walt. So um, I just want to put this on the long-layered defense I'm going to have a Fring leading into next season. (laughs) Like, I know Fring's an evil prick, but I'm going to say by this time next season, Walt's more of an evil guy than Fring. I'm just saying that. But anyway, uh, love this scene. It's amazing. I think um, if any of us murdered one of our workmates, which is essentially what what Walt's done here, like um, they're all part of the Fring Empire, aren't they? Like, yeah, you might be a bit, you might be a bit unhappy. Um, you also fair, might have to answer that. to your boss, like yes, you know, like yes, you killed the lunch lady. Uh, you might yeah. have to go speak to the mayor. Like, that's right. Why did you that's kill right. the lunch lady? Oh, she didn't make my sandwich right. Okay, well, yeah, explain yeah. explain yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do like that. This feels like, um, you know, like there isn't any kind of like mustache twirling villain here. Yeah. You know? like they're just like, it's kind of two guys having a logical conversation. Um, and, you know, like, I think this is, we're starting to see Walt like actually start to just own that, you know, he doesn't have to be afraid of this guy. Like he has leverage as well. And I think yeah. that's, what's really cool about this is that, you know, it's not all just about Gus has all the power over him. He knows that he has some power over Gus as well. And so that's what makes this is that like Walt very much is starting to see himself as an equal to Gus, which hasn't been the case beforehand, you know, um, and, you know, this is something that's going to keep coming up in the show as we move forwards is that, you know, Walt's starting to see himself as, as you know, 
a power player now, um, and he's going to start demanding respect in the way that he thinks he you know he he needs. And so I, I just think that's quite an interesting thing to consider, really. Um, yeah, I think it's great. I think your point about Mike's really good as well. And I think um, you know I would say one of the best episodes of Better Call Saul is actually one where we do get some backstory on Mike. You know, I think that's a fantastic episode that one. Um, and so yeah, I think Mike is is a really interesting character, and we're kind of getting you know him further along the line here. And so it is interesting to think about how he became this person. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love all of this. It, it's really, really good. Um, and yeah, I think kind of one of the things I've heard about the show is the kind of the, the phase of the show that we're in now is that it starts to become like a chess match between Walt and Fring. And I think it's a really good way of describing it. You know, that it just almost becomes like who can outsmart the other one. Um, you're, they're in this kind of like loveless marriage you know like they kind of need each other at this point but they really don't like each other um and i, do, I even like how this kind of scene starts with gus is kind of like you know like are you okay is your is your condition mm, gotten worse yeah. you know because 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 you know no no well man would would act the way you have and i think it's just an interesting way to kind of start this like he doesn't he doesn't yell i mean that's the thing about what about gus is that he's not somebody that when he's angry he he yells you know like he, it's all very controlled and calm and that's what makes him even scarier you know is that he is actually quite controlled in the way that he delivers the stuff and it's chilling yeah, hundred percent. That's why I love him so much, and I also love the way this scene is shot. There's kind of so many shots where you're almost like you're behind Walt, and you kind of you're more fixated on the the facial expressions of Gus or even Mike. Kind of just you know, sort of that. I think it's it's when is it when Walt basically says all but accuses him of killing a child. It's kind of like Walt's almost blurry, and they kind of focus more on on Mike. Kind of his reaction, kind of has a turn and looks at Walt. Uh, like it's just it's so well shot and even that shot when Gus is about to get out of the car to confront Walt it's kind of like shot from behind and you just almost see like the side of his face and he's like does he like sigh like like he's got to like confront him like it's just it's so good like it just the way they kind of it's shot like it's just it's ah it's just beautifully done and adds to the emotion of it yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's it's a great scene it's a great confrontation and it kind of just sets us up on this you know what's going to be a really great episode I probably should have lumped in the scene where um, Walt basically comes to work the next day back to the super lab. The the lock's been changed and uh, comes in and, oh, who's his new assistant? It's Gale. He's back. There he is. Uh, welcome back, Gale. <laughs> uh, we like Gale. Uh, he's ready and pumped up and all ready to go. And uh, obviously they're being watched. So uh, kind of that's going to be a bit of a thing moving forward there as well. Um, and then we're going to start to get into... Badass mikery. Uh, mate, mate, look, I, I mean, there's probably nothing that you want to really say on, on Gale returning nah, or Walt, nah. no. Kind of, uh, I just feel like that's going to get forgotten about as we get into kind of like some of the epic stuff of this episode. So Mike's got his, uh, what's his daughter? Is it Kaylee? Is that his granddaughter's name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, so we got a little scene here and Mike doesn't know about rhinoceros's horns. Cool. Um, but he's got all these balloons in the car and kind of gives a couple to Kaylee. Dick Kaylee. You can't have balloons. You're old. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, screw you, Kaylee. Um, but we're going to find out the reason why Mike has all of these balloons is because he's got to lift them up to some power pole, power lines, which basically shorts out the power of this building. And then we just get badass Mike going in this building, killing two guys with one shot, if you don't mind. Um, killing a guy by throwing a shoe to distract him and then having like a lineup of the gun on the wall to kind of look at, is it Mr. Chow? And kind of like seeing his hands being moved up and down essentially to kind of note where he's going to be. I just, I love, love, love the way like once he like goes through this, kills him. And I just love Jonathan Banks, the way he delivers this, which is like, Chow, what the hell are you doing? Like, it's just kind of like straight away, like, this is just a Sunday afternoon for him killing, what, like four guys here. Um, and basically he shoots Chow to tell him to go to a hospital to fix this up. Um, I, I love this scene. I don't, I don't know if there were subtitles on this scene, you can tell me, but when he's like, ask your friend like to drive you to the hospital and you hear her like talking for ages or something like that and she's just like, he said, she said yes. <laughs> like, I don't think there. I don't think there is sub subtitles on it. Right. Okay. I didn't know like if there was or like maybe somebody's translated this. But um, oh, it's just it's so good. Like just the way this is all handled. And then 
basically Mike goes around to each of these goons and how convenient that each of these goons were carrying their passports on them. I mean, God, like, I mean, what are the chances? I, I don't know, Nick, about you carrying your passport on you all the time, but what a lucky day for freaking yeah. Mike. Of all the days to catch these guys, it was the day they were just came from the airport. Uh, but we find out these are four guys from the cartel that have uh, basically been set up. So things are heating up between the cartel south of the border and uh, Fring's operation. And also um, Fring asks Mike uh, any news on Pinkman and he's going to find him. So, um, oh, so good. What can you say about this? Like, again, I just, this is where I want the Mike spinoff. Like I want, like one of my favorite, like random movies that I always forget exists is um, Collateral. And how Tom Cruise is such a badass in that movie with his assassin. Like, there's that one scene, I think it's in the alley, when he first comes across Jamie Foxx. And he kind of has this scene where he kills two people in an alley. And you just he kind of looks away, kind of two headshots, and kind of just walks away. So badass. And this moment when Mike kills two, like, two guys with one shot, and then he's walking up the stairs, the look away, pew, pew, and pew, pew, like, quick little headshots, move in, boom, done. Like, that's awesome. That's so cool. Well, uh, what can you say? Well, well, what I will say about it is that it is um, the one scene that when I kind of watch this, and obviously I've seen this episode several times, but watching it this time for kind of like a critical view of the show, I was like, does this scene need to be here? Like, is this the one scene in this episode that I have a problem with because it doesn't feel like it fits? Um, but ultimately... Yes, it does. There definitely is a fit for it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but actually, I don't care. Like, it's just so much mm. fun. Um, and to me, it almost feels like video game kind of like James Bond, John Wick, kind of like watching this guy kind of just like, you know, shoot his way through a building. Um, you know, it's just it's just so much fun. And obviously, it does have a plot device of like, basically, it's just kind of showing that the cartel is kind of closing in around, around Fring, right? Like, so that's the whole thing with the passport and everything so um yeah so I, I i think it does have a plot point which and it kind of is it, it, it's kind of getting to gus's paranoia a little bit so that you know like the walls are closing in a wee bit and, and you know he needs to needs to do something to kind of get himself back in control so there's a there's a narrative point for it but actually it's just fun it's just fun watching mike kind of like blow his way through a building and shoot the shit out of people and yeah i think that's that particular scene that you talk about where you know um chow's kind of raising his arms to kind of indicate oh, to mike to, so to raise the gun up and then you kind of get the shot and the blood splatter on the wall is really really great it's just it's so much fun and and yeah it's 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 just great to see somebody just like just been a badass yeah it's it's just really really good and it's, it's like it's a great point you make because yeah it does it's kind of does feel a bit random like it's sort of like okay this what's this alluding to and i mean i i reckon this is a scene that pays off more on a rewatch because when you know kind of what happens and you understand what's going to happen into the next season it's a bit of setting up for that plot um but it's it's just it fits and like and as you said like i'm with you like it doesn't matter if this was just pointless like if they made marie stealing shit like this i'm into it if they made fucking skylar fucking ted like this i'm into it like i mean god i don't know how you do that like I I, i'm picturing things but i don't know if i should talk about them but like it's um <laughs> like it's just it's so good and also like no, i mean i'm here saying that kaylee's being a dick pointing out mike's age but like maybe this is me being a dick like Jonathan Banks is no spring chicken. This isn't some, like, young man, like, assassin. This is a, sort of an older, wiser man, like, who's able to kind of pull this shit off. Like, you can see why he's basically hired to do what he's to do. Like, just, um, yeah, it's so good. Um, we have back in the super lab, Walt and Gail having a bit of a conversation. Victor's basically watching all over them. Like, I, I like Victor. Like, I, I kind of like these silent sort of, every man sort of, well, not really every man, but kind of like just the henchman type of person doesn't really do anything. Cause what's, what's, um, what's his face next season who replaces Victor who like, he's got a, you know, maybe he's a bit more stoic. Yeah. 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 He kind of, he's like, he has more of a bit of an interplay with Walt because he's a bit more of a dick to Walt. Yeah. Whereas kind of like, you see like Victor's kind of like, like he's, he's, he's loyal and he's, you know, he'll do whatever and kind of what everything like, like we'll get to Victor next episode. But um, yeah, like I, I mm. like him. I actually like, I like sort of Victor just kind of what he does here. And just, I love how he's like on the catwalk reading the newspaper and sort of when Walt's basically like, you can take your mask off and he kind of just throws it on the ground, like plonk, and just like doesn't give a shit. But um, basically Gail here is, you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, 
I'm going to do everything I can. Sorry for last time. And obviously Walt's basically just like, look, look, you're fine. Like, you know, you're doing a good job. And then we get Gail at his apartment. My opening line. Like, (laughs) sing this little song here. I really hope I haven't actually read the trivia yet, but I really hope this song is uh, listed of what it is. It might be on the soundtrack. I've got the soundtrack. I'm hoping it is. I need to go back and listen to it. Um, but just just quirky Gale here, just doing his thing, watering his plants, listening to whatever the fuck this song is. And then, like, knock on the door. It's Gus. And, uh, again, just the politeness of these two. Like, Gus, you know, I hope I'm not disturbing you. And um, Gus essentially saying that, hey, you're going to be ready to cook soon yourself. Like, Walt's sick. He's got cancer. Uh, so maybe you should keep an eye on things and basically you can take over. Will you be ready to, to take over? So a bit of a foreshadowing here to what's going to come through there. But, I mean, this is the beauty of, of Gale, isn't it? That he's really not in it for that long. We've talked about, like, Gretchen and that and sort of, like, characters who really aren't in the show for much, but they leave an impact. And Gale's just quirky and odd and strange and... We're going to get that next season with a certain karaoke video, right, that kind of sticks out. Like, I can imagine Hank knocking on the door right now and just going, <laughs> like, laughing at this guy. But, like, good on him. I love him. Like, this is what I do when I'm by myself. I'm <laughs> just listening to random shit. Like, well, oh, I, we all do this. <laughs> I, I think he's probably a bit like, I, I remember we had quite a long conversation talking about um, Tuco, you know, and that, like, mm-hmm. this is a guy that's only actually around for four episodes or something crazy like that. But, like, leaves such a lasting mark on the show. And Gail's the same. Like, you never forget this guy. And I'm always, like, just amazed that, like, he isn't in that many episodes. And I suppose what you would say about Gail is that he's there for a couple of episodes, then he's gone, comes back for a few episodes, and, you know, like, you kind of get sprinklings of him kind of throughout the show you know like it's not just like this is uh you know like you will get bits and pieces as the show goes on so um and and you were talking about one of them before about you know the the video um so yeah there is there is kind of bits and pieces and um yeah he obviously there's a plot device that um that he's really responsible for which is a big part of the show as well so yeah there's there's definitely kind of reasons to really enjoy this character i think this this is really a a, a quite a fascinating scene because i think um you know gus is kind of trying to convince gail that he needs to learn what walt's doing because walt's got cancer he's going to die and i think he kind of gives the game away a little bit because he's so insistent that oh you you'll get one more cook and then you will you know like it's just he gives away too much here doesn't he like it's just like he, he could have just actually just pulled it back and and been a bit more subtle and it's a kind of i think it's just showing the cracks and the facade of 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 gus is that you know like a, a few episodes ago he would have been a lot calmer and 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 gotten what he needed by just you know being subtle and slowly slowly but here he's starting to get a little bit frazzled and so he's kind of starting to make decisions that um are a little bit you know, like they're not entirely thought through like they are normally for Gus. So I think it's just quite an interesting, almost a transitionary kind of moment for Gus kind of watching the scene. It's I haven't sort of thought about that, but I agree with you completely. I think it's good. And it's kind of going back to your point about the chess match, like you kind of see almost like the opposite. Like you almost feel like the desperation from Walt and kind of what's he going to do? How is he going to get out of this? And then kind of, you know, things present themselves to him. Whereas, yeah, like Gus, like he's so calm and calculated that every now and then, I mean, like, clearly a big moment is going to happen next season where kind of you, you might question sort of Gus's mindset about how it ends up happening. But um, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. I will say too um, that at least by the time I'm recording this, Colin, hopefully you're still listening to the episodes, but I do know that Colin has watched all through Breaking Bad and he's, I think he's uh, on to Better Call Soul now because um, he had a message to me recently talking about some characters in that show. Watched uh, El Camino, I believe, and watched The Fan. So we've, we've hooked Colin. Colin's oh, uh, binged it. So hopefully you're listening to our episodes, Colin. Uh, but we don't feel guilty if we spoil things for you now. Maybe uh, <laughs> our other listener, if they haven't uh, watched it. The song is Crapa Palada by Quarteto Cetra. Uh, so there you go. On your on your yeah, Spotify it, playlist, Nick, or because that because that's like it. So it's uh it's like is it Italian or is it Spanish? I but think like, it's Italian. Yeah, and because for some reason I always thought it was like Oriental, like Japanese or something, but it, it's it's obviously not. I don't know why I thought that, but yeah, I mean it just it is just so good. Like it's just so fitting and just kind of shows the eccentricity of this this person. You know that he is just a very strange man, um, but lovable and and, and being a weirdo, you know. <laughs> 
Quartetta Setra, an Italian jazz vocal quartet established in the 1940s and active until 1988. Good on them. Wow. Look at that. So uh, there you go. I wonder if this is the most famous they've ever gotten out of. I mean, I'm probably sure they're huge in Italy, but, uh, you know, like I don't know outside of that. Like I, I wonder if like Quartetto Setra on iTunes like shot up the Italian jazz quartet charts after it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Breaking Bad, basically. Um, I, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, God, that song has been stuck in my head every time I watch this episode. Um, <laughs> uh, so basically, we are now back at Super Lab, are we not? Um, and yeah, he's sort of, uh, I guess, um, Gail is questioning a little bit more about the cleaning, uh, the, the process and kind of what to do. Um, I love this scene with Mike and Sol in his office. I just, I just kind of love the way, again, Mike's such a badass. I'd like, Sol's kind of just like laying there. What's he got? Like his weird neck masseuse thing going on there. And I love it when it's like, um, uh, he's like, obviously his assistant's kind of like Mike's here. He's like, I tell him I'm in a meeting. And he, and he like kind of walks in and what is his soul like? Oh, can't you see I'm in a meeting or something like that? And just basically Mike just here, just going, you know, saying to soul, like, give me, where's Jesse? Where is he? And I just, you know, soul playing this cool, like, oh, you mean Jesse Pinkman in the phone book, Jesse Pinkman? Oh, I wonder where he could be. And then basically Mike's like, you are going to tell me where he is. And I love it when soul tries to get up. It's like, no, no, you're good right there. And just, Again, I just love just the way this is played, like, you know, sort of this sliminess that Saul kind of has where it's kind of like he's he's trying to stand up for himself, but he's just a bit of a wimp. And then essentially it all borders down to, like, um, uh, Mike essentially, like, almost just moving in his chair, slight little move, and um, Saul's just like, wait, 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 maybe I've written the address on my table. It could be in this notebook, but I'm going to go out and get a Nescafe. Just don't look at my desk. Uh, like, it's so good and like i'm soul i'm the whip i'm the one here that all you have to do is kind of flinch and i'm gonna give up because it's like souls being like 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 oh attorney client privilege like all of a sudden i become known as that guy um but obviously as we're gonna find out it's all a bit of a ruse here like souls obviously expecting this to happen because next we're gonna get soul and walt going out to the laser base uh finally we see it in person here it is um meanwhile victor's tailing them at the same time and walt gets to see jesse and uh, see how he's doing, hiding out here at the laser base. And basically, Walt is telling Jesse that, hey, we're going to have to fix this. Uh, you know, uh, Gail's being groomed to, to replace me. I'm going to get killed. One of us is basically going to have to kill Gail. Jesse's essentially like, I can't do it. And then Walt's basically like, I'm going to have to do it. You know, they're watching me all the time, but I will find a way to do this. Um it's a great scene. Like I kind of, I actually really like this setting of this laser base. Like I kind of like the colors and kind of like dimly lit. Like it, you know, I'm sure you've been to places like this, like kind of like arcades. I'm sure New Zealand has arcades um, and kind of like, it just, it feels like it does. And like, you kind of like got the sound effects in the background when you keep hearing like, pew, like arcade sounds and everything. But um, obviously setting up what we're going to get right at the end of this episode. But um, yeah, I love it. Like it's all really good. I just love the scene in Saul's office and kind of how we get this great scene between Walt and Jesse in the, the laser. I want to go to this laser tag arcade. I, I love laser tag. <laughs> yeah. I think kind of like the neon surrounds are just like a really good touch on the scene. I think it's it, it, it just kind of, cause you could have done the scene anywhere, right? You could have done it like in an alleyway or, you know, like in the strip mall or, you know, like, um, wherever really um in the desert and but you know like i think this is just like a really cool touch and it kind of you know there's a reason for them to be there um because obviously you know we've, we've got this kind of backstory of of um you know saw wanting to set this up as as their their front for their money laundering so there's a reason why this makes sense it's not just a random location that they found so yeah i think it's really good i, th I think it's like it's just such a great scene you know like actually just you know these two just deciding what they're going to do and what they're going to have to do um and you know and, and jesse has got you know like he's got other options he's like we could go to the dea we could you know we could give them the information we've got and cut a deal and um and yeah i think it, it is really really interesting and and then they kind of come to the thing of you know they're going to have to they're going to have to kill Gail. And I think oh, there's a great line there, that line that Walt kind of says, you know, I, I saved your life. You're going to save mine. You know, like mm. I think it's just, it's a really, really great line um, and kind of just puts the pressure on Jesse that, you know, he's the one who's going to, um, who's going to do it. Um, um, 
Oh, sorry, other way around. Um, but yeah, like it's, it, it, I just think it, it, it just is a really, really good moment between these two that kind of just sells that. There, you know, there is this real bond and connection between these two, no matter how much they've been through and the bickering that they've been through, that Walt does have some allegiance to this guy um, and, and that's not going to change. And, and I just think it's it's a really kind of powerful moment, really. Which it's kind of, it's interesting you say that because like, yeah, like he's doing everything he can to protect Jesse um, and it's kind of, creating fake addresses, this is where he is, and not giving him up and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, like, again, I've always talked about how I love the bond between these two when it's good. Um, and, I mean, it's still good when it's bad because obviously we get some great TV. But, um, yeah, but do you have anything to add on the, the Mike Soul office scene like mike confronting soul oh yeah i think i think it's really good and i think it kind of just gets to the point of like just how intimidating mike is you know like he is just somebody who doesn't have to really say anything to be intimidating and the whole thing of like you know you're good right where you are don't even think about getting up i think it's just yeah it's really great it kind of just sells just how scary this dude is which is always like I've mentioned before again. It's been a while since I've rewatched Better Call Saul, but I just I always forget the dynamic between these two and Better Call Saul because sometimes it seems like this where it's like they don't obviously have much of a relationship. Um, whereas because like doesn't Saul say something here when he's like finally you know free and able to talk? He says like, "Oh my guy is threatening to break my, like my my own bodyguard is threatening to break my own legs or something like that." Like that's not cool or something like that. Like kind of you know. So like I always forget just like the extent of these two relationship in Better Call Saul. So um, when we eventually get around to to covering it, then we'll be able to obviously probably go over a little bit there. Um, can I just point out that we are essentially only what. 10 minutes away from ending this episode. And, like, this has gone by in a qu- in a flash. Like, here we are, like, what, 38 minutes or so into this episode. And this is what I was saying before about how this just goes by so quickly because it's so everything you're hooked to. Um, I guess we technically get Walt Jr. and Skylar here again. They're kind of in the background here, right? So um, I'm sure RJ Mitty yeah, got well, his... Yeah, RJ yeah. Mitty got his um, check for this week. <laughs> well, one thing I will just say when you're talking about how quick the show goes through, and um, and obviously this is the scene where we've kind of got Walt and he's feed, feeding Holly and we kind of get that that pan around that starts at the fireplace, which is how mm. the, the episode mm-hmm. started. So we kind of get the callback here. But I think one of the things that the reason I like that, like if I boil down what I like about Breaking Bad is that I like the acting because it's just amazing acting by everybody on the show. I love when we get episodes where there's just such such heavy amounts of tension and I love a bit of a little bit of humor sprinkled in as what I love those are kind of the three elements of the show I love the most like I, I, don't get me wrong I love a good explosion and somebody's you know brains being shot out and, and all that's fun and I absolutely love it and you know that kind of stuff is always going to feature quite heavily in our top five you know at the end of each season but um, I, those are the three elements that I really love about Breaking Bad and I think they are all here in spades in this episode you know so um, this is going by so fast without really having massive amounts of action it's just the kind of the dial being turned up on the tension over and over and over again and you're just like oh my god like you're just on the edge of your seat by the time you you watch the end of this episode so yeah yeah even like just kind of like this little scene here that i really like where it's kind of like walt just basically sitting here with holly and just kind of holding and like holly's grabbing his glasses and kind of he's just got this little smile and he's like just having family time he's just kind of like he's chilling and like kind of he's just got this real sort of look on his face where he's enjoying it and then obviously uh gets a phone call goes to the bathroom and uh jesse's found the address for gail uh which do you have it written down i thought i had it written down but it's a i think this is a real address too is it not Oh, okay. I didn't know that. If that's if that's a, a fact, then that's something that I didn't know about. Yeah, no. I'm pretty sure. Like, I I read or I watched some video that this is. If it's not a real address, it's a it's a real street. Like, this is a real location in uh, Albuquerque. So, um, and like you see it. Uh, there's like a few times you'll see like it mentioned maybe in Better Call Saul. Like, there's a there's a hint to this address or something along those lines. But anyway, right. Um, so basically, Jesse's given the address to Walt. Walt's like, okay, going to do it. So he goes out to his car and, oh, Victor's here. There's a, there's a leak in the lab. Like, get in. Like, you know, and what's Walt say? Like, oh, I'll drive. And he's like, no, I'm told to get you. I'm going to get you. So into the car he goes, gets taken to the super lab. And then essentially Walt knows what he's there for. Mike's going to kill him, basically. <laughs> um, you know, he's led him there and... Walt sort of uh, understands. And what does Mike say? Like, the sooner you realise what this is, the quicker we can get it done. Uh, so, I mean, in a weird sort of way, at least, like, Mike's, I guess, giving him, like, a courtesy of a proper death. <laughs> like, you know, kind well, of Well, it's like- just that. It's just like that. It kind of just goes against your expectations of, like, in, you know, in a real situation like this, 
the reality is is that you know like they would try and hide the fact that they were going to murder him you know because they didn't want to tip him off to what's going to happen but they just believe they have all the power in the situation so they can be honest with him because what's he going to do um and so yeah i think it's just like it's an it's unexpected in the best possible way you know like it's just and i think just like that turn like as he comes into the the laundry and he just comes around the corner and he just sees mike kind of like opening the you know like the thing so that they can go down to the lab and it's just it's so just the color palette that's been used there as well it's all just like it's so ominous like it just yeah it's brilliant just so good what, what does he say like um uh, like there's something awfully stinky down yeah. there, or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but like even Walt here and Brian Cranston, amazing as always. We never really have to point that out. But just like the way he's basically pleading, like I'll cook for free, like I'll do this, like you don't have to do this. And what, then he basically starts going, like I'll give Jesse up, I'll, I'll give you Pinkman, like you know. Like I remember when I first saw this, I'm like, holy crap, like Jesus, Walt, like <laughs> you know, calm down. But obviously this is a bit of a ruse because then he's like. Okay, call him. So uh, he calls Jesse. Jesse obviously answered. And he's kind of like he's what about to looks like he's about to smoke some crack, smoke some meth. There, he's got his pipe, and uh, he's just basically like, "Is it done?" And Walt uh, basically gets it out in time that no, it's not done. You're going to have to do it. You've got a twenty minute head start. Go. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Mike's like, "Like what the fuck was that?" Essentially, and then um, Walt recites the address. It's like Thibodeau or something like that at the address. And just a lot, like, can I say, Jonathan Banks acting, just like that facial, the way his face changes, you get this look on his face when he realizes it. And then even Victor, like the way he kind of does it there and he just, he sprints out the door. Um, Mike gets on the phone, tries to call Gail. Gail's at it again. He's listening to his music. This time he's listening to something a bit uh, oriental. The song here is called Man Chang Fei by Zhang Fan. Uh, or Fan Zhang. Uh, so there you go. That's what he's listening to. Uh, this time around, he's got his uh, kettle boiling with his little temperature little thingy to point at the, like, you know, such an anal man when it comes to, like, oh, it's got to be at, like, this temperature. I love it. Um, so, yeah, he obviously can't hear his phone ringing. Um, all of a sudden, there's a bang at the front door. Is it Gus again? Is Gus back here to, to, to request more from Gail here? No, it's Jesse. I should have mentioned Jesse ran off at the end of the phone call, grabbed a gun, and you've got Jesse standing at the door, pointing a gun straight at Gail's head, hands shaking, Gail pleading, you don't have to do this, begging for his life, and then all of a sudden, the way the ca- I love the way the camera kind of pans, and you've almost got like Aaron Paul looking directly into the camera, almost like addressing the audience, and then gun, straightened camera, bang, fade to black, written, created, directed, by Vince Gilligan. That's your cliffhanger, folks. Um, just amazing. Like, acting here is incredible. I mean, Aaron Paul's not in this episode for long, but I love, like, just Aaron Paul here. He's just, like, his, his fear, his everything, knowing how desperate he is to, to kind of be here. Um, Gail, just, like, his desperation and everything. I mean, just imagine opening your door and somebody's got a gun at your head. Like, I mean, just, like, he plays it off so well here. Um, just, God, like, we talked about how quickly this episode's gone. Um, and then all of a sudden you talk about maybe not so much action in this episode, but then you get like right at the end and it's just literally enough to go, holy fuck. Um, in terms of cliffhangers, I'm not necessarily going to say that this is the best finale of the show, but I mean, given that we're really going to classify season five as one season, um, you would maybe argue the cliffhanger of the mid season break is maybe a little bit more like, holy fuck, but given that I don't classify that as a season finale, uh, you know, a finale, this is probably the biggest cliffhanger you have in this show uh, for an end of a season, similar to what we talked about in Nip Tuck when you kind of had things like that. But, um, yeah, wow, what a what a way to uh, what a way to end it. Yeah, well, what I will say, and I'll, I'll kind of, because I don't want to do too too much spoiling, so I'll, I'll leave I'll, I'll leave the second half of this kind of comment for season four, episode one, but. It, my understanding from listening to commentaries and reading books and stuff is that this wasn't meant to be a cliffhanger. Um, but the way they kind of shot it led to it being a cliffhanger, which is really interesting that this wasn't actually their intention. Um, so I think that that's really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, I think just 
everything in this is so good and i think um yeah one of the things is you know when they kind of when they've kind of got walt there and he's kind of like begging for you know begging to be able to talk to gus and, and he has this line which is obviously then repeated by gail at the end of the episode which is please don't do this you don't have to do this you know and they both say it in different contexts which is really really cool that you kind of you got those mirror images of the same comment being made in two different contexts which is great um and yeah i think like we kind of talked about you know in that confrontation with Gus at the start of the episode, you've kind of got Walt being a bit of a badass and 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 knowing that he has a bit more power and leverage than maybe he used to. And this is the same thing here: is that you know he knows he's got the power over Mike in the situation, and Mike you know can't do anything. He's got to keep him alive because until they can get their hands on Jesse, they're kind of screwed. And 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 Walt knows it, and and you know you can see he's actually really enjoying this moment, you know, which is really really interesting that you know he's in this kind of life threatening situation. Mike could just pull the trigger at any point, but he knows he won't. Um, and you know it's just it's kind of where kind of Walt's intellect comes through that he's he's managed to kind of outsmart them, and it's 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 pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, um, I really really love it. I think it's just so good. And yeah, then everything. Thing that in, in the kind of scene with with Jesse and Gail is amazing as well. I think the kind of acting between both of them and and you know you can see Jesse's so reluctant to have to do what he has to do. It's not something that he wants to do. And he's got tears in his eyes, and then also kind of the acting, the kind of like just the way that kind of Gail drops his head a little bit. It's just it's just this kind of despair and and you know just the total panic on his face. It just it is just so amazing. I think it's just incredibly well done. Um, and so, yeah, I think just these last kind of five minutes of this episode is just captivating. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea how we're going to try and dice this up when we start talking about top five scenes because I think something in this has to be there. Um, oh, but there's yeah. just so much in this last five minutes that is amazing. It just, it's so gripping. It kind of just drags you in. Um, and just every, every bit about it, I just absolutely love. Look, off the top of my head, I would argue everything from the moment they get out of the car at the laundrette right to the end would be the top five moments. Like, I mean, you could easily just say the moment Gail gets a knock on the door, but I feel like, you know, while the argument is it's kind of the scenes that you kind of have, I think kind of you almost need a bit of context to have that. Um, so, yeah, and it's kind of all one scene really in, in some weird way. Um, but, I mean, like, would you – I mean, it's kind of it's, – it's really the only answer though because this is the only – season finale that really ends on a cliffhanger season one sort of but not really you kind of got a bit of a conclusion to it season two again sort of but not really season four no doesn't really end on a cliffhanger as such like i mean there's there's enough there to get you coming back to the next season but this is a cliffhanger this is christian having the carver over him at the end of season two and nip tuck like where you're like holy fuck like what's happening we've got to tune into the next season like this is the only real time. And again, like I realize people are probably shouting, oh, what about the mid-season break in season five? But again, I'm not classifying that as a season finale. That was a mid-season finale. This is season finale. So like this is the only real cliffhanger we do get in Breaking Bad, right? Mm. Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah, I think in terms of a cliffhanger, when you're talking about a season ending, then yes, I believe so. I think it's probably the closest we get to that, which is really interesting. You know, like I think it's something that a lot of shows are very dependent on is having a, a season ending cliffhanger. And it's actually when you break it down, Breaking Bad doesn't really do that. I mean, I think mm. in practical terms, the mid-season for season five is a cliffhanger because you know yeah. the end, the, the first between those two half seasons as is a actually year, right? as, as a year. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah in, in technical practical terms, that is a that is a season cliffhanger. But we're reviewing it as one season, so we won't yeah. talk about it in that way. And and I know we'll have a lot to say when we get to that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, absolutely, I think that this is the big season-ending cliffhanger that we get on Breaking Bad, and it's it's great. It's really really good, and I think this is almost like the tipping point for Breaking Bad I think kind of this is where it becomes a big show from this point onwards you know I think it, it took a little while to get ahead of steam and I think this is the moment where people are getting hooked in you know between you know last episode where we were running people over and shooting them in the head and then we're into this I think suddenly people are taking notice of the show um, and and you know I think when you start to get that critical audience you don't necessarily always need cliffhangers to keep people engaged um, and I think you know you know, it's going to be a Gus Walt showdown next next season. That's all going to lead to that, um, and and you know, so I th I think there's going to be some stuff there that maybe won't be as cliffhangery. It's going to be kind of you know conclusions and, and that kind of thing. 
Yeah, with the parallels with Nip Tuck, how that was also season five where you debate where <laughs> season finale. Like, and, like, again, like, I'm just I'm jumping ahead right now. I still, I mean, there's a reason behind it, I'm sure, but, like, why can't you just make that was six seasons of Breaking Bad? Like, just have that cliffhanger at the end of season five and then make the like Because, I mean, I would argue that the cliffhanger that we get in the mid-season finale of season uh, five is better than this yeah. um, on the fact that it's more of a holy fuck moment. Like I yeah. need to watch this. Um, whereas, um, yeah, this is obviously, yeah, but again, we can get to that one there. Um, in well, terms just of wait, tribute, just like in terms of you talking about the, the nip tuck kind of comparisons, just wait until that season five, when Mike gets breast cancer and him and, and, <laughs> um, and, and um, Skylar get married. That's going to be a crazy. <laughs> we can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah I, was, I, was, I was thinking that Mike and soul have sex. <laughs> accidentally in bed. Um, you're not sure if it's assault or not. Um, God, do we have to remember that plot line? Um, yeah, I've told you how much I'm tempted to get a cameo from Dylan Walsh. It's only like, he only charges like 80 bucks. Like, how long I mean, do you get? Like cheap. three minutes. Hey, like, I mean, we could just literally get him to like come on there and I don't know, give some context. Like, what's a big Sean plot hole that we've always wanted to talk about? His, his weird mouth thing that he had done. Uh, like you know that weird episode with his brother. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, remember that one? I remember watching yeah. License to Kill recently, remembering that freaking Truman Lodge is Sean's brother. <laughs> like, you remember that? Remember that episode? Like, hey, that's Truman Lodge from License to Kill. <laughs> like, God, I, we've got to come up with something to get a three-minute Dylan Walsh cameo that maybe we can be like, <laughs> please say this, Dylan Walsh. Also, P.S. We'll pay you another $80 if you do a full interview on the Oz Network. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we just, that's what we say. Like, hi, this is Dylan Walsh. I'm looking forward to my appearance on the Oz Network. And as an actor that never breaks my promises, I will be on an interview with uh, <laughs> the Oz Network. Um, download our Nip Tuck coverage, by the way. I'm sure Nip Tuck fans and Breaking Bad fans always uh, cross over. Yes. Um, this is the first episode to be directed by, also written and directed by Vince Gilligan since the pilot. There you go. Um, the flashback teaser in this episode is the only time in the series that we see Walt without any facial hair whatsoever. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I guess um, he has the moustache, doesn't he, in, in season one, so yeah. Yeah. The Okay, here we go. The translation for the Mandarin between Chow and the secretary is, Peng, are you still there? Of course I'm still here. Where else can I go? What is going on? I have a husband and kid at home. I have to go home and take care of them. You do not pay me enough. Somebody got killed right in front of me. So I'm sure our lives just became better knowing that's <laughs> yeah. translation, right? Um, yeah. Um, also, so we're going to get into our, our, our rankings here, right? But I just want to say, I mean, I'm guessing we're both buying it. Just jumping jump in there and assuming we're both buying this episode nick <laughs> yeah well i'm definitely it's definitely a buy for me and um i've actually got this as number one this is my favorite oh episode. wow no beating um, around the bush straight yeah, into it yeah it's um you know well like i said i think it's got the three elements of breaking bad that i really really like um i kind of went through scene by scene as it you know like and the only thing that i wasn't entirely sure about was that mike shootout but it's just so much fun um that i don't really care if it's not absolutely essential to the episode um it's just a joy to watch this one um it's just so so good before i get mine i just want to say that on the ringer they have this at the number two greatest episode of breaking bad of all time so now that's uh, a big call like mm. even though i've got it at number one i'll be interested to see where it finally ends up on my rankings because um there's a lot of good stuff to come well, I'm just looking here, scrolling through. So the number one episode is a season five episode. I'm sure we can all realize what episode that is. Uh, the number three episode is a season four episode. Then they have one minute at number four, so episode seven of this season. Then they have another season four episode at number five, the pilot at number six, another season five episode at number seven, another season five episode at number eight, uh, another season four episode at number nine, and then and the bags in the river. At, at number so they don't 10. so they don't they don't have a season two episode in their top ten. Nope, that's quite um, interesting, and and which, that'll be a, that'll, that's quite an interesting lead into talking when we start talking about season rankings for next mm. episode because I've put a way too much thought into that. So number um, twelve is their highest season two episode, Better Call Saul. Right, uh, number twelve. Um, and on that note, I have got this at number three. Uh, I am keeping Better Call Saul at number one. I am keeping Pilot at number two. 
Uh, so I'm putting this at number three. I thought about putting this ahead of pilot, but I don't know. There's just something about the pilot of this. Like, I, I, I don't know if I talked it up enough. Like, I would say this: the pilot of Breaking Bad is one of the best pilots in television history. Um, I mean, I would honestly probably still rank Lost as the best television pilot in the history of television. Um, there's another debate. But, um, I mean, I just I still hold up that the pilot does enough for me to sell this as a show that I want to keep watching. And I know a pilot's kind of an obvious one to always rank highly when it hooks you on a show, but it also can fail miserably. I mean, I know we ranked the pilot and it tuck highly, but I, I think for memory maybe made the top ten, I think, still, but you kind of lose track of that a while. There's enough to make an iconic pilot. Um, pilot made number eight on my nip tuck ranking. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this episode is so good. It's still such an amazing episode um that it, it's it's i don't want to say automatically it's going to be a top 10 episode because we've still got two seasons to go uh, and i can automatically think of at least three episodes that are going to crack the top 10 so this might drop this down to at least number six but it's got a very high chance of being a top 10 episode at the end of it and for you nick uh, i mean again unless you like the remaining sort of two seasons a lot more uh i would almost guarantee that this probably solidifies it as a top 10 episode yeah, well, I think, I mean, season four is another interesting one. I think I talked about season three has been starts off a bit slow and then just kind of takes off. And I don't think that's quite true now having gone through it. I think it starts off great, then kind of drops off quite a bit. And then we have a, a peak in the middle and that drops off again and then really peaks at the end. Um, whereas I think we hit a point in season four where the show just never looks back again. Like it's just, you know, it's an, it's an absolute just runaway you know amazing show after that and um so you know like i've gushed about the show and i i, I still i haven't had a bin i have i don't even feel like i've been close to having a bin to be honest um and i probably put a few too many in the buys than than maybe i absolutely should but I, i'm starting to feel pretty confident that i'm gonna go with no bins in the show feels like i'm almost there i'm not gonna say entirely but i think we're pretty close to, to being there well speaking of gushing Next episode, uh, box cutter. Obviously, our next episode will be our season three <laughs> recap. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, uh, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> um, again, our next episode will obviously be our season three recap. But um, yeah, I guess kind of just loosely touching on box cutter. Um, to point out when I just said that the Ringer had another season for a few season four episodes in the top ten, they have box cutter at number five. Um, now there is a moment in the next episode, which if that is not in our top five next season, uh, <laughs> we are idiots. Um, because I remember watching that for the first time and that was a holy shit moment. Uh, and there's a couple next season. Um, <laughs> next season's going to be so hard for our top five moments, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good episode. It's a, like, again, it's kind of one of these ones where it's dialogue heavy, lots of tension, kind of even lots of moments of silence in the next episode. But, um, yeah, one scene in particular. Like, if you thought Gus Fring was a badass before, yeah, yeah. Uh, wait until next episode because Jesus Christ, um, he does something that just wow. It will make you gush. Let's just point that out. Yeah. Um, anything to add on on thoughts of before we get to box cutter in a couple of weeks' time? Oh, I mean, it is just it, it, it kind of just picks up the ball that that's been left here and just runs with it, right? So I think we just kind of we run head first back into the craziness um, with, with the next episode. I think it's really, really good. Um, yeah, I you know I think there's obviously one scene in particular that's an absolute standout, um, and I think the rest of the episode's really, really good. But I think it's interesting that they've got the whole episode that high because I think while that scene is really, really good, it'll be interesting to talk through how much we like the rest of the episode. Um, but I still think it's great. It's a great episode, absolutely. Well, that'll be uh, after our Season 3 recap next week where we'll kind of just go over the nuts and bolts of Season 3, give our rankings and uh, ultimately our top five moments of the season. In the meantime, if you're enjoying these episodes, you might enjoy our coverage of 24 and Lost. They're also going out there as well and other episodes are around the place, so uh, stay tuned. You'll hear how to get on top of the show and everything else uh, at the end of this episode. But we are moving through Breaking Bad swimmingly. So uh, let's keep on the roll and uh, let's keep on moving through. My name is Ben and man, I miss the 80s. 
My name's Nick Cam. What I do would bore you senseless. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.